What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. You deserve a moment to yourself every single day. And a delicious bite of a Keebler Sandies can give you that comforting pause. <sighs> Celebrate the end of your workday with the melt-in-your-mouth magic of a Keebler Sandies. This magic is baked into simple shortbread cookies by Ernie and the Keebler Elves. So as another busy Wednesday flies by, make the most of your me moment. Take a pause and enjoy a Keebler Sandies. Hey guys, back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah. And some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, <laughs> ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, can a girl go shopping? Yeah, baby! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. What's going on? How's everybody doing? I just got back from a run, and I run with Carl, my bloodhound. We got back, and our other dog, or Sarah's dog, Boo, kind of prances out from the kitchen, and that Little stinker got in the trash. Now, I'll tell you that story and tell you a different story. It was uh, maybe like a week ago. You might have seen it on my Instagram or on my TikTok. It was about a week ago. I come home and I go into the kitchen and Carl is nose deep in the trash. It's everywhere in the kitchen. All right. So much trash strewn about. So Carl gets into a lot of trouble. Okay. He gets yelled at. He gets sent to his little kennel and gets reprimanded. I'm sitting there thinking, oh my God, Boo is such a good girl. She knew that what he was doing was wrong. She has gone upstairs and she stayed out of the trouble. Now it was the night before that I had been cooking fish. And so I had floured the fish and pants here and everything. So there's a bunch of flour in the trash. So I get a treat to go upstairs to give to Boo because she was such a good girl. And I go upstairs and what do I see? Oh yeah. Her snout is completely white. Like she's been hanging out with Charlie Sheen all night long. Little stinker she got in the trash. So when I got back from Run the Day, which by the way, I've now been diligent about closing the trash drawer so the dogs don't get in it. When I come back today, I'm sitting there thinking, I think that Carl was a patsy. He was a fall guy. Because Boo has somehow figured out how to open up the drawer and get the trash out. So Carl didn't do it this time. We were prancing down Ventura Boulevard. I don't know. I'm telling that story other than can't trust these dogs. You know what I'm saying? All right. Let's uh, let's do the show. This is the Wells Cast with Wells Adams, an iHeartRadio podcast. Yeah, welcome to the Wells Cast. Excited for today's episode. I feel like Andy Cohen. You know, anytime I get to do a housewife, I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm Andy Cohen now, taking your job, and we're going to New Jersey. 
That's right. Today's episode stars on my favorite housewife, Jennifer Aiden. And she's going to dish out everything. All the tea on her parents, having to bribe her kids to do the show, how she met her husband. She got dating tips for us. Oh, yeah. Also, she's got a, uh, a new beauty pillow that she's slinging. She's one of the realists of all the Real Housewives. This is an episode you do not want to miss. Stick around. Jennifer Aiden right here on the Wellscast. Mom met a lot of your demands over the years. This Mother's Day, get her the Bartesian cocktail maker that makes premium cocktails on demand. In just 30 seconds, have your choice of over 60 premium or seasonal cocktails, all at the touch of a button. Get $50 off on the Bartesian cocktail maker now when you buy one pack of cocktail capsules. So, for all the times you made a mess, get mom the countertop cocktail system that makes premium cocktails without making any mess at all. For all the times you begged for soda, get her premium cocktail capsules made with real fruit juice and craft bitters. For all the times you demanded tacos for dinner, get her the Bartesian that mixes margaritas in just 30 seconds. Make mom's Mother's Day and all the 364 days that aren't Mother's Day with a Bartesian cocktail maker at $50 off. Visit B-A-R-T-E-S-I-A-N.com backslash mother now to get $50 off the Bartesian premium cocktail maker. Bartesian, premium cocktails on demand. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. Hi, I'm Giancarlo Esposito, and I'm here to introduce you to my character, Gray Parrish, from my new series, Parrish. Yeah, I can drive. My character was a getaway driver. Yeah! I'm retired from life. You know that. His business is failing. His house is going up for sale. He is the everyman. Tell me about this driver job. We got a lot of action in this show. We have moments of real danger. And we want to feel as if anything could happen. Gray is invited to drive for this man. He's invited to make money, and he quickly realizes this is not the right thing to do. I did what you told me to. And he's in a world over his head. Now, let's go! He will try to do what's right and seek justice. Parish, all new Sundays at 9 on AMC and stream on AMC+. Hello? Hello, can you hear me? I can hear you. Can you hear me? I can. I did it right. You did it right, and you are... I did it right. I like this setup. This is a badass setup. You look like a queen on the throne right there. I am the queen of thrones, Wells Adams. If you didn't know, then you better ask somebody. <laughs> the new Khaleesi <laughs> now resides in New Jersey, apparently. You know what? I have a lot of thrones in the house, and I i don't know if you watched my first season, but I went to China to get furniture, and my husband loves ornate regal furniture, and I had a container to fill, and they were so great, and the price points were so, you know, affordable compared to what we have here. And I was like, just give me a ton of thrones. 
<laughs> and then it became like a joke. Everybody was like, and you know, my house is famous for having 16 bathrooms. So I talk about those being my thrones. So I laugh about it. And now I just like somebody had tweeted me that I was the queen of thrones. And I'm like, oh, my God, I love that. I'm going to take that and run with it. So you're, here I am. You're the Oprah of, th- yes. of thrones. You get a throne. Yeah, and you get thrones. a throne. You get it. That's right. That's exactly it. Everybody gets a throne in my house. <laughs> we don't discriminate. No. Jennifer Aiden, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. I've had a busy day. I have a very busy day. Well, I won't. But that's okay. I made time for you. Thank you. I I won't keep you too long. I mean, I guess, yes, you are the queen of thrones, but I guess you're also the queen of beauty pillows. I am. I am. This my beauty pillow is a non-choking hazard which is a must in a beauty pillow because there is others on the market that just have a contraption against your neck. No, we don't want any asphyxiation happening. We want a nice, comfortable, cozy, snuggly beauty pillow. And I have one right here for your pleasure. Asphyxiation has to be consensual in the bed, I suppose. So uh, (laughs) 100%. You sent me one of these ultimate beauty pillows and I absolutely do appreciate it. But guess what? My fiance has already stolen it. So that's hers now. Tell everyone how this all came about. Well, I don't know if you know, my husband is a plastic surgeon. One part of his practice is also med spa. So they do a lot of facials. We do a lot of laser treatments, injectables such as lip fillers, face fillers and Botox and you know, aftercare protocol 101 is not to sleep on your face when you get injectables. It can move the filler around. It could really leave you lopsided and mangled looking. So you need to sleep off your face. And it's very difficult for people who are not used to sleeping on their back. So I came up with this concept to create a beauty pillow that you sleep on top of your existing pillow. And what it does is it's really so simple. It just cradles your neck and it keeps your head and face elevated so that your face is not touching the pillow. So even if you were to sleep on your side, you still have a great ample space so that your face is not going to get all mushy throughout the night. And let's say you get your lashes done, right? I'm sure your fiance gets her lashes done once in a while. And like, let's say her eye makeup looks so great one day and she kind of wants to keep it for the next day. You sleep on this beauty pillow and those lashes are going to stay in place all night. So it's a must for your beauty regimen. I've been told many a time by Sarah that she has to have special pillows on the bed because of her eyelash extensions. And then she saw this thing. And so uh, it's a match made in heaven. That's why I came up with the acronym LLB because it's lips, lashes, brows. I know you can't see it with the glare. Lips, lashes, brows. And listen, this is like my first batch of ordered. I think the next time... I'm definitely going to put my signature on it so that people can have a little piece of me, which I know is their main goal. Of course. So where do people grab the ultimate beauty pillow? Uh, Right now, the only place to get it is through my husband's practice, Aiden Plastic Surgery. You can either get it on their website or just call them up and they'll ship one out to you. I'm working on my website and we're going to relaunch it, you know, hopefully by the summer. You could definitely go to my Instagram, which is Jennifer Aiden. Just know... um, underscores or anything like that, Jennifer Aiden, type it as it is. And then there's a link in my bio and you could go to shop Jennifer Aiden also follow them. And as soon as it's available, the updates will be presented. So follow shop Jennifer Aiden and you'll get to see all the updates on when the pillow will be available. So you got a sneak peek. Well, I love it. 
Well, I, I got a sneak peek for about 17 seconds until Sarah I'm going to send you another one. <laughs> because I don't want you to get wrinkled. I know. I, and, and it's yeah. I'm, I'm yes. on the wrong side of 30, Jennifer. Right? I'm, I need to go see your husband, I think. There you go. I mean, listen, you I, everything looks pretty good to me. But ask your fiance, whatever she wants. <laughs> She's going to Botox the f*** out of my face at some point. I know it's it's coming you soon. Go, see? <laughs> you grow together. You evolve together as a couple. So I love it. Yes, we, we grow together. We do not age together. We stay the same age forever. Yes. And make sure you get better with age mm -hmm. instead of, you know, frumpy. You don't want frumpy. I know that there's a limited number of them out there, but did you send them to your castmates? I gave the I gave it all to them off camera. Yes, yeah. I actually gave it to them on camera this season as well, but that clip got cut out. Yeah. You know, listen, we got 42 minutes and we got six women that talk a lot and are very opinionated. So me giving them my pillow may not have been at the top of their list. <laughs> That's okay. That's what you're for. Exactly. Well, I'm a huge fan of all the Real Housewives, to be honest with you. But, you know, the iteration that you were on, the New Jersey one, I feel like it's the best one of all the Real Housewives. Do you think that, too? I mean, of course, I'm biased. I'm going to always say Jersey's number one in my eyes. Um, but I, I enjoy all of the franchises, really. I love Beverly Hills. Love Salt Lake City. That's a new one that just came on the scene. You know, love that. Very entertaining. Atlanta girls seem like they're bringing it this year. So I really love the whole franchise as a whole. I've always been a fan. Like I was, you know, I had five children. I don't know if you know that. Yep. And all my children are two years apart. So literally I was home barefoot and pregnant watching the show thinking, oh my God, I could do that. People get paid to do that. I do that shit every day. I've often wondered, you know, as someone who is a part of one franchise, are you ever like, if I didn't live in New Jersey, I would like to do, I don't know, the Atlanta one or the Beverly Hills one. Have you ever thought about that? Like, could you fit yourself in into like another one of the shows? I would do Beverly Hills. Yeah. That would be. My in-laws live in California. So my in-laws have always, since day one, wanted us to move out to L.A. So if we ever did the L.A. thing, it would be Beverly Hills. The show's been going since, what, 2009? I believe so. I only got on three years ago. This is my third season, but we are in our season 11 right now. So, you know, count back 11 years. And if it's 2009, I trust you. You jumped in in 2018. I imagine that's a pretty daunting thing to do to join a show that's already successful with a lot of really big personalities. Were you apprehensive to join in? I wasn't apprehensive to join in, but it definitely was an interesting transition from going as a viewer because aside from me having my favorites, I all look, I looked up to all of these women as characters on a show. So now I'm no longer a viewer. I have to go in and I am one of these women. So I have to have enough guts to say my opinion rather than be super nice just so that they like me. I'm not here for them to like me. Hopefully we get along. Of course, that's always the goal, but I'm also here to say what comes up you know, what pops into my head. And I do that very well, sometimes to my detriment. <laughs> it was an interesting transition to say the least, but you know, I was a little rocky at first. And then Teresa gave me a lot of 
good tips. And then it was smooth sailing. And here I am, season number three. So I must be doing something right. You know, I've done, I think, seven or eight reality TV shows, but I live in a different space. It's just me that has to kind of be on screen and be on. I don't have to involve my family or my friends. And I think that that's something that would be tough for me to come to terms with. One is like, do I want to involve, I don't have kids, but if I did, do I want to involve my kids or my spouse or my parents or my siblings? What is that conversation like for you before the show starts? Because inevitably, you being on also includes them being on. Well, my husband wasn't a big fan. So Mm -hmm. if you watch in my first season, you can actually tell his energy. I mean, even though he doesn't say it, I know his mannerisms and I know when he's uncomfortable. So he wasn't a big fan only because there's a lot of hate that comes with this platform. As much as all of the pros, you have to sit there and and think of the cons. So But the thing is, with me, I've always lived my life pretty forthright, pretty candid. I'm the type where if someone compliments my dress, I'll tell them where I got it, how much I spent on it, who to ask for, tell them I sent you. That's always been me. So if I'm always very truthful with my life off camera, then why would it bother me if I did it on camera? Um, So for me, it was easy. Uh, My husband... It took him a while to get his feet wet. I think my children, all of them were really too young to understand um, the future about it because for them, you know, these kids, they think it's cool to be on TV. And my first season, they loved it. They loved filming. Of course, like, you know, now that it's my third season, now it's a little bit more of a nuisance to them. Also because they see how sometimes things could get spun or... um, you know, just maybe not shown in the best light. So they're not liking it as much as day one. My family, as far as my siblings, for the most part, they're all very supportive. My parents were supportive um, up until the season because I did share um, something that's going on in my life that is difficult for my parents. And they feel extremely embarrassed that this is now on a TV show for everybody to see. But see, I think that there's something that we can learn from this. You know, it's not the end of the world knowing that the person that you've been married to for 50 years, now you can't stand them. I mean, they make sitcoms over this stuff. They don't sit here and have panic attacks. You know, I think this is normal growing pains when you're in a relationship. You grow together and sometimes you end up bickering all the time. Um, For my parents, it got a little extreme. And I thought the best thing for them was to just separate And the only way for me to do that was to have my father come live with me. And then the camera started rolling. I am on a show that is about my reality. And I never knew that they were going to even showcase that story. It's just that the producers were filming my everyday life and was like, what's your dad doing here every day? And I was like, well, he lives with me now. So it's like, I can't hide him. That's not my style. I don't like to hide anything because I'm not embarrassed about it. We showcased it and my mom got pissed off. It's not a unique story in our country. I think our last president slept in a different room than his wife. You know, like it's yeah, it's a pretty, you know, but but I understand your parents didn't sign up to do a reality television show. You did. So I can see how your mother could be like, wait, hold on a second. I don't know about this. Does your dad enjoy it? Because he's much more in the focal point because, well, he's with you. My dad 
has been molded to become the type of person that just doesn't complain. He doesn't complain. He doesn't want confrontation. He's afraid that anything he says is going to be rebutted or looked down upon or frowned upon because when him and my mother were always in the same environment, every time my father would say something, my mom would say, oh, be quiet, John, or you don't know what you're talking about or shut up. And these type of behaviors actually embarrass my father. So because my father is so used to it, he doesn't talk at all. So I honestly don't even know what he thinks. <laughs> I have no idea, but he never complains, but yet he never says anything that's really for it as well. So with my dad, I really don't know how he, he thinks, but I don't think he's happy about it because sometimes when I'm watching it on, on the screen and the scenes come on where it's my parents, I noticed that he walks out. So for him, it's tough. You know, they're very old school. They're off the boat. They're from the villages of Turkey. I'm first generation here. They get it that this is normal in America, but for them, it's not normal. But it's almost like, what are you going to do? I'm not here to hide my life. I told my mom, you should have been nicer to my dad so I didn't have to separate you. And then none of this would have ever happened. They probably would have followed like something going on with my children or something because there's always something going on with them. I mean, I have five kids. I'm a stay-at-home mom. I got content that will keep you running all day, every day. We don't, it doesn't have to be my dad. Listen, I'm the youngest of five, and we used to make a joke that like our family would be the funniest reality TV show, so I totally get it. Yeah. If you, you would be the funniest if you would be willing to do it all on camera, and that's the key. Yeah. Very, very true. Okay. Because my kids will sometimes start doing something and I whip out the phone and then they stop. No, we don't want it on your Instagram. We don't want it. I'm like, are you kidding me? This is TV gold. Okay. You got to do this on camera. Don't be reserved. Just be yourself. Like when my husband was asking me, like, what do you want me to say? I'm like, I want you to say what you would say exactly <laughs> you as you would had the cameras not been there. So however you do it just just go with it i trust you it's when they think of like what they think the cameras want to see is i think when they get in trouble i've done enough reality where when people start doing that it seems so inauthentic it seems like they're acting or yeah. something immediately when that happens the audience either is like oh don't like you because you're not being real or in the edit bay they'll cut it because they're like this isn't real at all like my first season, I actually got a lot of criticism over the way that my kids looked. They were like, you don't brush their hair. They always look like they rolled out of bed. Listen, my kids <laughs> like elastic waist. They like t-shirts and elastic waist. The only time I dress them up, like all fancy, what they call it, is when we go to church. When they wear something with a button or button down or something poplin. That's when they complain. So I'm not going to sit here and dress my kids up for the camera because that's not my everyday. My everyday, my kids are in athletic shorts, tank tops, T-shirts, usually something that's Disney or some kind of anime kind of thing. You know, like my kids are kids. How they are every day is how you see them. I don't sit here and put bows in their hair anymore. I tried to when they were younger, but once they got old enough and they had their own voice, I was like, you know what? Let them be kids. Whatever. I look great. That's all that matters. Very true. Listen, you're super candid about your life. You've talked about your parents. You know, your brother's storyline was a big one. Getting work done has been 
a big kind of storyline for you on camera and on your social media. What has been the hardest to kind of show the world? And two, is there anything that you wouldn't show the world? The thing that I would say was the hardest showing the world was probably my parents' situation, what's been going on right now, only because I've gotten the most like heat from my parents, really my mother, from that. The repercussions of me showcasing that on the show now has now caused a big gap in my mother and I's relationship. So we're not speaking right now. And we haven't spoken since January. And it actually wasn't, it was funny because like once the show wrapped, she had a lot of loose ends in her house that she needed me to, she needed my help to tie up. And when I say help, I don't mean financially. I mean, just the logistics of connecting her with people, making people go there, finishing the jobs of her house, like putting up light fixtures, all these things. So we had tied up a lot of those loose ends once we had wrapped filming, which was great. My mom had forgot about what she was mad at. We were back to normal, hanging out all the time. And then in January, the trailer had come out and she was at my house where my dad lives. And she was having one of her bickering fights with my dad you know, and she kind of, she kind of goes at him a lot. And like I said, he doesn't like confrontation. He walks away and she just kept going at him. And of course me that I can't keep my mouth shut, walk in and I go, well, you know, what's going on? And she started complaining about something that he did. And I said, you know what? Well, he doesn't live with you anymore. So, you know, good thing you don't have to worry about it. And she just turned around and she was just like, well, of course, he doesn't live with me. This is all your fault anyway. This is all you're doing. Like, if he was with me, none of this would happen. And I'm like, if he was with you, you would be doing all of this to him there in that house and he would have nobody to protect him. So we had a big all out brawl. She's thinking that I always side with him, but she doesn't see that I'm just protecting whoever happens to be weaker in the confrontation and just coincidentally lately it's always been my dad on the other end of the beating stick and it's like I tell my mom I would never let you stay with somebody who treated you that way you know so why does it matter that it's a woman doing it to a man she's trying to tell me that this is her marriage and this is how all married couples are and I get it but there comes a certain point where you just have to be like enough like my father is 10 years older than my mom I don't know how much longer he's got to live Can't we just leave the rest of his years in peace and harmony? Like, is it really that deep that you sit, you have to sit here and punish him and crucify him that he didn't, he didn't buy you flowers 20 years ago. I get it. It's terrible. You know, he sucks. I'm not saying he's great, but right now as a human being, he is an elderly old man and he needs love and affection not somebody throwing in his face all the things that he did wrong in all his life. I'm sure he thinks about that every single night. We don't need to rub salt into the wound, you know? So like, that's my thing. I'm always trying to protect the weaker person always. And I'm always trying to stand up for what I believe is right. I don't want to diminish what my mom feels because at the end of the day, she does feel that my father emotionally abused her throughout their marriage. And regardless if I believe it's, if it's true or not, which I don't, I can't tell my mother that her feelings are not valid. See, my husband's a doctor. And the one thing that he always tells me that you can't argue with is people's feelings. I feel that you were mean to me. You may not have been mean, but if that person says that they feel that you were, 
you got to acknowledge that and you got to be like, okay, I, I may not agree with it, but I understand now why you are behaving this way. So I have to validate her feelings because we all have feelings. Well, so make sure you listen to your fiance when she tells you about her feelings. Cause if she says that she feels a certain way, no matter what you say, your point is moot. I feel that you're doing the right thing. And I'll tell you why. One, I think that time heals all wounds. Um, and two, I come from a very big family that has a lot of big personalities. And I think one of the flaws in my family is, is that we generally will sweep things under the rug or pretend like nothing's wrong. And that doesn't help anything that actually perpetuates and has lets the wound fester even longer. So I think that what you're doing is the right thing, even if people can't see that or appreciate it. So just know that I think you're doing the right thing. And that's really, Jennifer, that's all that matters. If, that's as long all as, that matters, as, as well. As I, it's okay. I got Wells on my team, folks. <laughs> the rest of you who don't agree with me can go scratch, as we say in Jersey. Um, I also think like- and listen, it's not easy to show my life. It's not. It's yeah. a gift. It's a gift. Not everybody can handle it. Not everybody can handle the backlash. Not everybody can handle the criticism, but I do it. I do it because it's part of who I am and I've always been that way. So I don't turn it on for the cameras. The cameras get me because I'm just always turned on. I don't know what that means, but I like it. That means that (laughs) I'm always like, like, this is me. Like when you see me off camera, you're going to see me always on people are like, Oh, like when they meet me, they'll, they'll say, you're just like you are on TV. And I'm like, no, the TV catches me just as I am. So that's the difference. I don't amp it up for the cameras. I'm always kikiing it up. I'm always high-fiving with someone. I'm always saying, Hey, it's not just for the cameras. Like what you see is my everyday reality. What are your thoughts on Jackie's husband? I think they're solid. I think they have a solid relationship. I did not believe that rumor one bit. Um, but I do believe that if a rumor is out, I personally would like to know. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, no, He's a solid guy. They have a solid relationship. Yeah. Do you pay your kids for being on screen? I don't pay them. I bribe them <laughs> with trips to Target. <laughs> yeah. They love trips to Target. Like when we were at Jackie's birthday party, okay? So like, okay, we're bringing up Jackie's birthday party. I know it was last season. And everybody thought that I was like mad about the food, which of course, like I was, you know, I was just surprised about the food. But really there was no activity. The activity was playing basketball on a driveway. And my boys are not athletic. They're video game boys. So when I take them to a birthday, not to mention I brought my six-year-old who was wearing high heels. So she was not expecting to play basketball. (laughs) And we're like filming and my kids, obviously they were out within two seconds because they're not athletic and they're both on the sidelines and they're coming to me and we're mic'd and they're mic'd and they're like, this party's so boring. There's nothing to do. We want to leave. And I have to film, right? So like, we got to stay here for three more hours. And I'm just like, please, you're going to embarrass me. They're already going to say I spoil my children. So please just play the goddamn game. (laughs) And they're like in the corner and they're like, you better take us to Target. I'm like, I promise. I promise after this, if you just t- if you just stay and don't complain and don't make me look like this person who constantly spoils their children, I will take you to Target and spoil you guys. But when you're a parent, you'll see. 
You'll bribe them too. You'll bribe them to eat veggies. You'll bribe them to try something. You'll bribe them to wear something. I mean, listen, a parent's got to do what a parent's got to do. Yeah. Don't talk a big game until you have kids of your own. No, I applaud you, actually. I think it's uh, that's a thrifty bribe. <laughs> I feel like if my kids would be like, we're going to Rodeo Drive, motherfucker, And I'd be like, yeah, okay. No. <laughs> and you know what I'll also do? Or sometimes I'll tell them, I'll, I'll do this to them. I tricked them with this before. I'll be like, you know what? If you just do what I want... I'm going to take you to the store and you can each buy five things. (laughs) And they look at us like wide eyed. They look at me and they're like, mommy, really? We can buy five pinky promise. And now I always stick with my word because if I don't, then they're not going to trust me the next time I say it. So what do I do? Pack them in and we go to the dollar store. And then they're like, mommy, you tricked us. I'm like, no, I didn't. Five things, kids. Now go to town. Real Housewives of New Jersey, Wednesdays on Bravo. And don't forget the ultimate beauty pillow. The LLB Lips, Lashes, and Brows is available now. Um, we- Who ate in plastic surgery right now? Website is coming. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to pivot over to my portion of the show. I don't know if anyone told you, but I like origin stories. I like finding out how where people came from and how the hell they got to where they are and became so successful so when we come back are you down to uh, shine a little light as to what the hell you were doing before you joined real housewives of new jersey sure can i don't know how interesting it's gonna be but i'll try stick around we'll be right back with jennifer aden of real housewives of new jersey Mom met a lot of your demands over the years. This Mother's Day, get her the Bartesian cocktail maker that makes premium cocktails on demand. In just 30 seconds, have your choice of over 60 premium or seasonal cocktails, all at the touch of a button. Get $50 off on the Bartesian cocktail maker now when you buy one pack of cocktail capsules. So, for all the times you made a mess, get Mom the countertop cocktail system that makes premium cocktails without making any mess at all. For all the times you begged for soda, get her premium cocktail capsules made with real fruit juice and craft bitters. For all the times you demanded tacos for dinner, get her the Bartesian that mixes margaritas in just 30 seconds. Make mom's Mother's Day and all the 364 days that aren't Mother's Day with a Bartesian cocktail maker at $50 off. Visit B-A-R-T-E-S-I-A-N.com backslash mother now to get $50 off the Bartesian premium cocktail maker. Bartesian, premium cocktails on demand. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. Hi, I'm Giancarlo Esposito, and I'm here to introduce you to my character, Gray Parrish, from my new series, Parrish. Yeah, I can drive. My character was a getaway driver. Yeah! I'm retired from life. You know that. His business is failing. His house is going up for sale. He is the everyman. Tell me about this driver job. We got a lot of action in this show. We have moments of real danger. And we want to feel as if anything could happen. 
Gray is invited to drive for this man. He's invited to make money, and he quickly realizes this is not the right thing to do. I did what you told me to. And he's in a world over his head. Now, let's go! He will try to do what's right and seek justice. Parish, all new Sundays at 9 on AMC and stream on AMC+. Welcome back to the Wells cast. Very excited to have Jennifer Aiden from Real Housewives of New Jersey on this show. Don't miss it. Wednesdays on Bravo. And don't forget, she has a new beauty product that you need to have in your bed. The ultimate beauty pillow, the LLB lips, lashes and brows. Jennifer, where can people find it if they want to go pick it up? Right now it's available only through Aiden Plastic Surgery, but you can follow our Instagram at shop Jennifer Aiden to get all the latest updates on when the website will be available. I'm fascinated to find out your origin story because, you know, we touched on it Uh, leading up to this portion of the show, that you are effectively a first-generation Turkish woman. Um, So let's go back to the beginning. Where did you come from? Where were you born? So I was born in Queens, Mm -hmm. New York. And when I was two years old is when we moved to Long Island, which is where I grew up. And I'm one of four. We're two boys, two girls. My dad came here from Turkey with nothing but a craft. He was a jeweler and he was easily sponsored because he made jewelry so well. And the only thing, the only problem with that is that he worked a lot. So sometime when I was growing up, my mom found a cute little um, jewelry exchange on Long Island and we got a jewelry store and that was our first retail space ever that my mom actually opened. For our family, it was only open four days a week. And we grew up having to work at the jewelry store. That's what we had to do. And it's funny because once I was like 13, 14, I, I wanted to start getting paid. But my father would always be like, I don't charge you to live in my house. Why are you going to charge me to work in my store? So he wouldn't pay me. So I still had no money. And then all my friends were like, oh, you have an in-ground pool. You have a nice colonial house. Your father has a Mercedes but you never have any money. And I was like, my parents have money. It's me that's broke. Like my dad used to, and then once I got to high school, he gave me $20 a week for lunch. And that should be okay, because that's usually like two bucks a day. But you know, if we went out to lunch with some seniors on Monday, Tuesday, by Wednesday, I didn't have any money. And I would go to my dad and I'd be like, daddy, I spent all my $20. And he'd be like, that's not my problem. So I would like go to school and, and, and be hungry. And so I was a grub. I was a school grub, yes. If you remember me getting off the line saying, do you have any change? Do you have any change? Do you have any change? <laughs> that was me. Yes, that was me. Do you have any change? And uh, until I grubbed enough money for lunch, I'd get that school lunch. So I've always had somewhat of a hustle in me. Um, you know, my first Halloween that I ever experienced in America was very traumatizing because my mom spent me, sent me to school with no costume. And nobody, everyone had to walk in the parade with, parade with a buddy but nobody wanted to be my buddy because I didn't have a costume and I was crying because I didn't have a costume and even though I didn't understand what this holiday was and then my teacher made me a pumpkin with with two pieces of orange oak tag paper and she made me a green little hat and I was a pumpkin folks 
I was very proud of that pumpkin. Yes, I was happy that I finally had a costume in the end, even though it was handmade. And then I, you know, when I got married to my husband, he's also from the same community. So we're from Turkey, but I'm actually Syrian Orthodox. It's confusing because it's a culture as well as a religion. And um, he's from the same church. Technically, my mom was trying to marry me off. She was trying to like get guys to ask me to marry them. And they would come to the house. I would sit there prim and proper. I would serve coffee, smile. And then they would leave. And my mom would be like, so what do you think? And I'd be like, oh, no, I can't. I can't even do that for the rest of my life. Yeah, no, that's a long time. And my mom would sit there and she'd be like, what do you want? Do you want the club guy? Club guy? No, I didn't want a club guy because the club guy was not going to treat me the way that I needed to be treated. And when I met my husband, you know, he was going to school for medicine. So he was not by any means anything that he is now. But gosh, he was so hot. He was so hot when I met him. Like at that point, after I found out it was a doctor, the doctor was just like an added luxury because he had all the key finds that my mom always wanted. My mom always wanted somebody that was tall. It doesn't matter how attractive you are in my culture, but if you're tall, if you're tall, oh, he's so tall. Did you see? Yeah, he looks like killer clowns from out of space, but he's tall. Yeah, that's a no. That's a hard no for me. So when I met my husband at a wedding and I saw him, I was just so happy that there was actually a good looking one that I was attracted to that I was like, oh my God, he's the one that I want. And then when I found out he was a doctor or training to be like, that just made it all better. But that wasn't even the initial concept. It was really just pure physical attraction. No shame in my game. Yeah. I have to be attracted to the person if I'm going to be married to him. Don't you think? Yeah, I think that's fair. My husband and I met. We got engaged right away. I met him Sunday before Labor Day. I got married Sunday before Labor Day, one year to the day. I had 600 people at my wedding. And my wedding, in our culture, the man pays for the wedding, just so you know, girls. So get your Syrian Orthodox men, ladies. Hear me roar. Wow. Yes, the man pays for the wedding. 600 people I had um, at the Westmount Country Club. It was like a fairy tale wedding. I got everything I wanted. And um, I'm always about manifesting. I'm always about positive energy. And even when my husband was finished with his residency, we lived in Michigan. I lived in Michigan, when is where he did his fellowship for two years. And when we were done, it was like, where are we going to go? East Coast, West Coast, because his family's West Coast and my parents were East Coast. And I just thought that my Syrian Orthodox community is very strong in New Jersey. So I really wanted my kids to grow up in the culture. So I was like, I want to, to move to Jersey. And, you know, Bill would always look at me and he'd be like, listen, just so you know, we're not going to be like that rich you know, because at the time he was doing general surgery. And he's like, you know, and I said, I was like, listen, anything that you tell me, it's going to go in this year and out the other. I said, because I believe in you. I told my husband, and all the things that you think you're not going to accomplish, I know you're already there. So it's okay. You could tell me that we're not going to get it like that. We're not going to have it like that. That's okay. You believe that and I'll believe what I believe. And hence, here we are now in the Taj Mahal of Paramus, Queen of Thrones and five children. So, <laughs> not too shabby. Was it love at first sight? How did that meeting at that wedding go? It's funny because, like, that wedding, it was his brother's wedding, and he was the best man at that wedding. And it was in California. And my parents 
trekked me all the way to California for this wedding because there was another guy who was asking for my hand and he was calling me all the time. And my mother said that he owned like five gas stations and was like this big jeweler. And I didn't even care because I wasn't attracted to him at all. He's very, very sweet. Um, just not my type. And I went to this wedding anyway, because I had a girlfriend who lived out in LA and my girlfriend was like, remember, I'm broke at this point. My, my girlfriend was like, if your parents are willing to pay for your trip to come to Cali, just come and we'll hang out. So I was like, oh, but they want me to marry this guy. And there's just no way I can even kiss him. Like, no way. I don't care all the money in the world. I can't, I just can't. I'm not one of those girls. I went to this wedding. And when I saw my husband, I was like, oh my God, my aunt, was next to me and my aunt like shrugged me. She's like shrugging my shoulders like, oh my God, you want handsome, he's handsome. And my mother turned around, I remember my mother turned around and she goes, forget it, that village they only marry cousins. And I turned around, I was like, did I say I wanted to marry him? I didn't even say I wanted to marry him. I mean, he has to want to marry me. I don't go to anybody because like I was like all up in my head. Back then, we see nothing has changed. <laughs> yes. so, um. And then he asked my brother, he welcomed my brother, right? Because they knew each other from the jewelry business. He said, welcome. Thank you for coming to LA. He said hello to me. I was trying to be charming, but like nonchalant because, you know, you can't seem too thirsty. Well, that's a huge turnoff to a good looking guy when a pretty girl looks thirsty. No, he's got to come to me. So you got to like hang the bait just a little enough for him to come. And then I pull away. And that's what I did. I played this like little cat and mouse game with him all night. And then the very next day, the guy who wanted to marry me, he was calling my brother wanting to take us out to dinner that night. And my brother's like, he keeps blowing up my phone. What should I do? I was like, don't answer. Tell him, tell him I, I had to leave. Tell him no, like make up some excuse. And then he was like, oh, well, that guy Bill called and they're going to the Cheesecake Factory in Glendale. Would you want to do that? I was like, That'll do. That just I just need some time to get ready. Give me like two hours. <laughs> so I get all decked out, all decked out. And I'm like thinking in my head as we're driving to the Cheesecake Factory in Glendale. I'm thinking, no, Pasadena. Sorry, Pasadena it was. And I'm thinking like, can I live in L.A.? Because, you know, when you ma you have to move to where the guy is in our culture. Can I live in L.A.? Could I really live here? I'm like, I could live here. What's wrong with living here? And it's so funny because the guy who wanted to marry me, who lived in L.A., I told my mom up and down, there's no way I'm moving to L.A. There's no way I'm going to live there. And meanwhile, all of a sudden, it's the hot doctor from the wedding, and maybe I can live here. So when we got there, you know, again, I didn't know. I didn't know. Is he interested? Is he not interested? I got to play it cool. And then as we were leaving... He whispered in my ear, oh, no, wait, before when we were on our way, when our way, we got lost. And my my brother was like, can you call his number from my phone? And I saw that his number was 917, which is a New York City area code. So I said, why is his number 917? And he's like, Jen, you didn't know he's a doctor at St. Vincent's. I was like, oh, yes, yes, honey. This is the one. I cannot let this one go. So at the end of the night, he whispered in my ear, call me when you get back to New York and we can go out. And I was like, you know, kind of just nodded yes. And then I'm like, now I have to call him. I don't call guys. Guys have to call me. What am I going to do? So as soon as we got to New York, 
I star six, seven, my number, which for those of you who don't know, that will block your number. So I blocked my number. So he couldn't see because I knew he wouldn't answer. I left a message with my number <laughs> and then the rest, the rest, you know how it goes, Wells. Once he had my number, he had to come to me. And you know what? It worked. It worked. We were on the phone for seven weeks before he asked me out on a date. There was at one point that I even thought he was gay because I was like, what the f*** is taking him so long to ask me out? Like, but I knew that he couldn't ask me out without serious intentions. Because in my culture, when you date without serious intentions, I risk shaming my family name. Because let's say he doesn't put a ring on it. And then let's say the next guy hears that I went out with him without serious intentions. That new guy's mother is going to deem me a slut. And she's going to be like, oh, no, she's tainted. She's gone out with this, that, the other without serious intentions. Oh, no, you must stay away from her. And that's how it was in my time. We have evolved since then, but it's still a lot of like, just so you know, a lot of the people from our community, the youngins that are not married yet, they're not on social media that much. They don't let people know what they're doing. No, it wasn't until after I got married that I didn't give a shit what people knew about me because at that point there's no refunds. That's an amazing it's quite story. A story. It's a quite a story. Yep. I guess then the last piece, the puzzle is you get married to Bill, you have five kids. How do you get looped into Real Housewives? You know, they really do do it like a casting call. You really do get an email and everybody just, it'll say like, email this to whoever you know. We also give recommendations as housewives. And when I had applied, I realized that my husband knew Dolores. Since Dolores knew me or knew me through my husband, they asked her about me. They did like a test shooting to see how I vibed with her. I mean, listen, I, I, you know, I could pull a conversation out of a tool, really. You can give me anybody. I mean, there are some meetings that my husband purposely takes me to because if he can't start up a conversation with somebody, he knows I'm going to find something to talk about or make them laugh or crack some silly joke or whatever. Um, so obviously we vibed really well and Dolores brought me in as her girlfriend on the show. And three years, I'm still here to talk about it. Listen, I get it. It makes total sense. The positive energy that it just exudes from you is so contagious. So I'm always like that. I have found it's really, really hard to convey on reality TV just because there's just so much editing going on. And right. that's why I love these podcasts. I really love an opportunity to talk to people one on one. I love meeting the fans. Like even when I'm out and someone comes to me and they're tiptoeing by me, I always want to make sure that I make them feel valid. Right. Because I'm sure it's for them. They're like, oh, I don't want to bother her. What if she's going to be mean? I'm not going to be mean. If you ask me for a picture, I will never say no to a picture. I will ask you your name. I will make eye contact. You know, I'm not that bougie as, as much as they may edit me to be some kind of snob. I'm not. Uh, you I, know, I love everybody. I, I love love. Love everybody. I believe and if they don't like me. That's that's OK, because you know what? I like me. <laughs> so that's OK. I, if you don't like me, you know what I say to that? You can't win them all. You can't. You just got to keep it moving. 
You're such a positive force. You know, a lot of people listen to this podcast as and use it as kind of like a blueprint for success. Do you have a credo or is there something that you live by to create such positive energy and success in your life? I always tell myself that the lie is hard to remember. If you stick with the truth, then your story will always be the same. And I'd rather my story be the same than me make myself look like an asshole because I had to lie or I felt like I had to fidge on something like that's not my vibe. You know, if I tell somebody my age and I keep lying about it, (laughs) then they may talk to each other and say, well, she told me 41. Well, she told me 39. And the lie is really, you know, easy to forget. So I feel like the truth is the best um, source of my positivity. Just be honest. You know, be honest, tell people how you feel. I feel like there's a way that you can deliver the way that you want to say something without hurting somebody's feelings. And and if I do hurt your feelings, that of course, that wasn't my intention. Tell me about it. And if I care enough, I'll apologize. And if I don't, then I'll just say, sorry, not sorry. Oh, my God. I threw my parents an anniversary party, I think, was like 35 years, 35 years married or something. And Uh, It was a surprise anniversary party. And my mom looked so pissed when she walked in. And it was was at Leonard's of Great Neck, okay, on Long Island. And I I just didn't understand why she was so pissed off. And she's doing that first dance with my dad. And then finally, I get her into the bridal suite. I'm like, what's the matter? You're not surprised? And she's like, everybody's going to know your brother's age. And he's still not married. She's like, everyone's going to know that he's like 34 and not married. I was like, I think everybody kind of knows that already. Like, we all know that, you know, but she's been telling everybody he's 29 for the past five years. Now it's like, oops, my bad. The lie is hard to remember. Stick with the truth. I'm running out of time with you. Before I let you go, do you have some time for uh, some rapid fire questions? Let's go. All right. Rapid fire questions with Jennifer Aiden of Real Housewives of New Jersey. First one, would you rather be rich and sad or poor and happy? Rich and sad. Night in or night out? Night out. What job would you be terrible at? Something that has to do with me being in an office. (laughs) Favorite pizza topping? Just plain cheese. Who was your first kiss? Mike Thomas. (laughs) Usually people don't remember, and so I'm very proud of you for remembering. I remember it. It was I waited. I waited. I'm not going to say how long, but I waited more than my friends. It was a big deal. I mean, it wasn't that great. I hope Mike Thomas doesn't listen to this show. What was the first concert you ever went to? Motley Crue. Nice. First car you ever owned? Pontiac Sunfire. Who was your childhood hero? Fred Savage. I had Winnie Cooper on last week. (laughs) Oh my God. I was obsessed with Fred Savage. I thought he was just like the good old boy next door. And I was like, just love me one day, Fred Savage. Yeah, that was a long time ago. Would your mother have approved Fred Savage to court you? No. Nope. Because he wasn't Syrian Orthodox. Nope. No one's perfect, I guess, Fred. Um, you had to be Syrian Orthodox from my church for my mother to approve you. What was the first record, cassette, or CD you owned? Definitely something freestyle, which is a form of music that is not popular in L.A., like Cynthia Johnny O. It's more of a New York, New Jersey thing, but it's freestyle because my brother was a DJ and my brother used to DJ like all the high school dances and freestyle was my favorite. So definitely one of his freestyle records. What's the weirdest superstition that you have? 
Um, don't sleep with your closet door open because then it leaves people talking about you. Really? Yeah. And lastly, what's one beauty product that everyone absolutely needs? My beauty pillow. Plug, plug, plug. LLB. Shop Jennifer Aiden. And where can people find it? Oh, Aiden Plastic Surgery as of right now. Contact Aiden Plastic Surgery and we'll ship one out to you. If people want to follow you on social media, where do they need to go? Jennifer Aiden, no space, no underscore, A-Y-D-I-N. Real Housewives of New Jersey's on Wednesdays on Bravo. Jennifer, absolutely wonderful talking with you. You are such a bright light. You've brightened my day, which is not easy to do. So thank you for being on the show. Go on. <laughs> the Queen of Thrones, Thanks, Jennifer Aiden. Subscribe to Wells Cast on iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere you get your podcasts. It's the internet. Hey guys, back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah, and some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, <laughs> ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, tenor girl go shopping. Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits. LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape begins a journey to fight for a future for apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX on May 10th and theaters everywhere. Get tickets now.